good to see everybody here this morning. I hope you've taken advantage of getting, picking up one of the outlines that are in the foyer so that you can follow along this morning. If you didn't get one this morning, you can pick one up on your way out and make sure you get one for this afternoon. Dan's got some. If you don't have one, just raise your hand and he'll come around and make sure that you get one. We're going to talk about shouting a little bit this morning. Have you ever used the expression, within shouting distance, that someone's within shouting distance? You know, that's an idiom that we use to mean that someone is very close, or that they're fairly near to where that we're at. You know, I live within shouting distance of my parents. What does that mean? We take that to mean that they live either next door, or just down the street, or close enough where if you stepped outside your door and you shouted, that they could probably hear you. That begs the question, how far is a shouting distance? How far is that? Well, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the normal intelligent outdoor range of a human male voice in still air shouting is 590 feet, 6.6 .6 inches. I know you really wanted to know that this morning, so I made sure to look that up for you. Guinness also adds that Silbo Gomera, which is a whistled language of the Spanish-speaking people on the Canary Island of La Gomera, is under ideal conditions, intelligible at five miles. Guinness also says that there is a recorded case under optimal conditions of the human voice being detectable across still water at night at ten and a half miles. Now all of this, of course, involved people shouting at some point. Why do we shout? Why do people shout anyway? Unless you're talking to a person that's hard of hearing like Grandpa, are there any occasions where shouting is a good idea? It's a good thing. Do we shout at God sometimes because we think that he's hard of hearing? Most of the time when people shout, why do we do that? It's not necessarily to get their attention. A lot of times it's to release frustration or it's to intimidate or threaten somebody. Perhaps this is sometimes necessary. You know, take a Marine drill sergeant. If he speaks in a normal, quiet, still voice, do you think he's going to be quite as effective as opposed to him screaming until a vein burst in the back of his neck? Probably not. You know, I've been through boot camp, some of us have been through boot camp here, and we got shouted at, didn't we? We got shouted at a lot. And it was motivational. <laughs> you know? It was very motivational. Have you ever noticed, though, when someone is shouting, how their face contorts to an angry, evil-looking image when they're screaming? Unless you're screaming for help, then the appearance might be one of anguish. In any case, shouting, even if we're shouting into Grandma's ear because she can't hear, it's not necessarily a pleasant thing to do. We don't like shouting, and we definitely don't like being shouted at. Yet in today's psalm, 
we learn that that is precisely what the psalmist believes that he has been doing. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. He's shouting, isn't he? And he's been shouting. Scripture tells us that God is not hard of hearing. God has no trouble hearing us at any distance whatsoever. Even when we're not shouting. He can still hear us. God even hears our inaudible pleas. When we don't know what to say, He still hears us. God is always within earshot, and there is no place that we can be where God cannot hear us. And that probably doesn't come as a surprise to any of you this morning. I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. After all, what does it mean to be God if God can't hear, right? God's ability to hear is included in the very definition of being God. What we might find ourselves questioning, however, is whether God chooses to employ the ability to hear and whether God actually listens when we pray to Him. There's an old Frank and Ernest cartoon strip that shows the, the, the two guys standing next to a telephone booth. And one says to the other, says, now I'm worried. I just called Dial-A-Prayer and got a disconnected number. You ever feel like that? Sometimes we feel like we've reached a disconnected number. Like we're not getting an answer. The Bible, however, tells us that God hears us when we pray. 1 John 5, verse 14, And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He does what? He hears us. Jesus said in Matthew 21, verse 22, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have what? Faith. Peter quoted Psalm 34 in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. He said, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And there are a lot more verses affirming the fact that God is within audible and even inaudible range of all of us all the time. However, if you noticed in those verses, there are some conditions, aren't there? There are certain conditions that need to exist for God to listen and even answer our prayers. We must ask according to God's will, and we must ask in faith. Then... God's ears are open to the righteous. Even the author of our, of our text this morning, Psalm 130, when he opens up, you know, in, in the next few verses here, he talks about that if the Lord should mark our iniquities, O Lord, 
Who could stand? If God kept track of absolutely everything I have ever done, can I stand before him? No. I can't. By myself, I can't. Of course, none of these conditions imply that the Lord does not hear all of our prayers, right? It's not saying that God doesn't hear our prayers, but only that it's more, He's more likely to respond to our prayers if we pray according to His will and we ask in faith. Now, when the psalmist cries out of the depths, here in Psalm 130, he's counting on God listening to him. He's counting on God hearing his cries. And now the underlying Hebrew word for the depths indicates distress and chaotic forces that confront us with destruction. So the psalmist using this word, the depths, represents the conviction that God is within crying out distance, even though He is in the depths. Now, there's a paradox at work here. Because the depths represent all of the forces that oppose God, and since the psalmist is partially responsible for he or she being in the depths, can they really expect God to listen to them out of the depths? The good news here that we can see in Psalm 130 is that God is not easily rejected. That even though we find ourselves in the depths, and in the depths that we ourselves put ourselves into, when we cry out to the Lord, He will still hear us. He will still hear us. God's presence and power can be and must be reckoned with in every human experience, even when we find ourselves in the depths. Now we also need to understand that in the Bible, listening is portrayed as a two-way event. It goes two ways. Husbands, we found that out very quickly in marriage, didn't we? That listening is a two-way street. It requires two people to be able to listen. We want God to hear us, right? But you know what? God also wants us to hear Him. It's two-way. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we find, and in verse 4, we find the opening of a prayer called the Shema. Observant Jews prayed this prayer every day. It was part of their ritual. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one. Shema in Hebrew is translated as hear. And in other versions, 
It's translated as listen. In context here, this verse is part of the covenant that Israel had with the Lord their God. And a covenant requires that both parties do what? They listen to each other. And obey what has been agreed upon by both parties within that covenant. Uh, For us who are not part of Israel, but for those of us who have entered into a covenant of our own, via the mode of baptism, we've entered into a covenant, correct? For those of us that have been baptized. This line, starting with the imperative here, reminds us of the human responsibility to listen to and obey the Lord God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. But you know, there's another interesting thing about Scripture as well. Bible also shows humans using the imperative, and an imperative is a command. If I speak an imperative to you, that means I am a command toward you. This is something that you must do. Shows humans using the imperative listen or answer when speaking to God. Look at 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 37. Elijah is is addressing God and he says, Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Psalm 4 and verse 1. Starts off with, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. These are all imperatives. They're commands. Our text today, Psalm 130, starts off with, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. O Lord, listen to me. And you know, even more interesting, and sometimes you might think it's strange, that God seems to have no objection to being addressed in such a commanding tone. Because the Bible is full of examples of answered prayer when people have addressed God in this way. 1 Samuel 7, verse 9. Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Psalm 3 and verse 4, I cried out loud to the Lord, and He answered me from His holy hill. Psalm 34 and verse 4, I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Luke 1 and verse 13, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. It's amazing that people can use a command, answer me, listen to me, to God, and He will listen, and He will answer. You know, that Israel, as the lesser party in the covenant, can address God, the great sovereign, and can command God's attention, 
is a fact of biblical wonder. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me. Listen to me, God. Hear my prayer. And God responds. And that wonder, folks, remains for us today. We too are part of a covenant. And if we find ourselves in the depths, we can pray to God in the same way. God, answer me. Look at the tone most of the time that Job had with God during his distress. There were times when Job was saying, God, just answer me and let me know what's going on. Tell me right now, what did I do? He's not coming to God, please. I'm just, I'm begging you, just let me know. No, he's saying, God, listen to me. God, answer me. Tell me what I need to know. The only time Job got in trouble when he started questioning God's motive. Up until that point, Job was fine. It's a wonder that is for us today because we have inherited the same faith. Now, that is not to say that God is sitting on the sidelines like an eager puppy hoping that we're going to call him one day. Okay? He's not like some of our relatives sometimes are just sitting by the phone hoping somebody's going to give us a call and talk to us. That's not what he's doing. But we do need to take note of Isaiah's instruction in Isaiah 55 and verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The expressions while he may be found and while he was near raise some questions, don't they? They kind of start making us go, is God nearer at some times than others? Are there times when God's far away and he can't, he's got to really listen to hear me? He's kind of at the edge of that 500 and some odd feet distance. Are there times where he's listening and other times when he's not listening? The overall testimony of Scripture is that God is never far from any of us. He is always within very easy reach of all of us. At the same time, however, God is not a slave of humankind that's going to come at our beck and call every time we need him. And then when we don't, we just simply let him be. The prophet surely meant that God is listening right now, so right now is the time that you need to call on Him. The Bible tells us that a, a genuine conversation between God and humanity occurs when we ask God to listen and then we talk to Him. And then out of that, God will shape our future. And great things are going to happen. So, what can we learn? When do we need to speak to God? Right now. 
When do we need to call on him and say, God, listen to me. God, hear my prayer. God, answer me. We need to do it right now. And as we do that, we need to be prepared, one, to listen. Not just hear. You know, guys, that's what we do at home. We hear, right? We don't listen. We need to listen and we need to be prepared to obey what we have heard. Because there's going to come a time where it's going to be flat out too late for us to call upon God. There's going to come a day where time's up. You can call on God all you want and He will not listen. That day that we leave this earth, there's going to be trillions of people from across time calling upon God. And you know what? He will turn a deaf ear to most of those people. He will not hear them. We need to call on God while He is near. Call on God while He may yet be found and still be listening. You know, there was a, a, an invitation song that we used to sing. It's an old song, a long, long time ago. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be what? Too late. Well, for you who are here this morning, it's not too late. Unless the Lord comes between right now and sometime in our invitation song... <laughs> which is entirely possible. It's not too late. Unless you have a health event and you die sometime within the next few minutes, which is not impossible. Folks, it happens. Sometimes people die in church. It's not too late. Call to the Lord this morning. Listen to what he has to say and be prepared because today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow, and dare I say even this afternoon, might be too late. The Lord's listening now and the Lord is waiting. If you need to come to him in obedience, putting him on in baptism, confessing sin, whatever your need is this morning, we encourage you to do that right now before it's too late while we stand and sing.